Welcome to an awesome wave. And uh, I am here. This is Marvel A Rex. I'm here with my friend Megan May. I've known this person for a long time. We are starting a new video series, and we're going to describe that in a minute. First, we're going to introduce ourselves. I'm going to start, and then Megan will introduce herself. Do you want to say hi initially? Hi. Awesome. Okay, so. Uh, most of you watching are familiar with me. For those who are not, I am a Los Angeles-based artist, uh, performer, curator, uh, pseudo-academic, maybe. I'm not sure about that. And uh, also an astrologer and uh, what I call an occult coach. So that will become more clear as the episodes go on, what I mean by that. Um, and I'm very excited to be here with Megan May. Awesome. I am Megan, and I am from the West Coast, mostly grown by um, Southern and Northern California. I am currently on the East Coast, living in upstate New York, and I am an artist, a writer, an educator, and a spiritual seeker, and I'm also a creative coach for transformation and connection. Yes, and uh, we will, today we'll be talking about nonviolent communication. However, the topics will range depending on what Megan and I feel is appropriate and what is aligned with the stars. So we will be looking at, yes, we will be looking at the astrology um, just as a starting point. And from there, we will move into all sorts of fields. Um, so it won't be a strictly an astrology based uh, video. And um, do we want to talk a little bit about the impetus for why we decided to come together. Yeah, I also want to say for a moment like why we're talking about astro um, um, astrology. astrology. So I think that it's important as we, you know, continue to co-collaborate a new vision of what our world looks like, we have to really take into consideration that we are of the natural world and the particles of our body are made up of the same things as the particles in the natural world. And the uh, celestial bodies and the ancient light of the cosmos have always been a way of mythology and story making for spiritual and psychological growth and well-being. And certainly I believe that these aspects of our our ever-expanding universe are um, interacting with us as beings of water and light and fire and water and ether. These are, um, it's important to look to the stars for guidance and integration um, to recalibrate ourselves with um, the micro and macro cosmology of, of the interworkings of the natural world. And I would, I would just, that was lovely. I would add that even if you experience resistance to astrology personally or resistance to any kind of new age modality, what Megan and I are here to bring is just really practical wisdom that we, found, we find weekly from the stars, but it can be applied whether you believe in astrology or not, whether you believe in occult practices or not. Um, we're really just trying to share information that we find healing um, for every single person. Uh, so should we jump in a little bit to why we are here talking as a little intro and then we'll go into the, the meat of it? Okay. Let's do it. It's an appetizer. 
you want to start about how it, we don't need to go too much into detail, but we can at least talk about a nice segue into nonviolent communication. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, as far as who we are and how we are. Okay, great. Yeah, uh, yeah Marvel and I met seven years ago, and we were um, destined to be lovers and now lifelong friends. And we went through a really dynamic uh, life transition together. Uh, Marvel transitioned their gender uh, while we were in a relationship from female assigned at birth to you know, questioning and evolving to continuing to evolve and define um, himself themselves. And this brought up a lot of opportunity to look at ingrained and um, internalized systems of essentialism and identity around sexuality and gender um, and the natural world and how it works. And we also just deeply loved each other. We see each other as, as twin flames, people that are brought together to make great transformational and spiritual emotional evolution in their lifetime. And um, we have been able to, you know, come apart in our romantic connection and then rebond within the network and framework of our deep love and friendship and kinship with each other. Um, and that has, you know, it came with a great deal of work and a great deal of personal growth and communication. And nonviolent communication today we'll be talking about because it's something that we employ to start helping us get back into our bodies, associate and befriend our feelings and physio physiological re uh, body reactions, and communicate our needs and requests in ways that could help us start to trudge through the deeper parts of uh, trauma and miscommunication and struggle. And we just we are able, we also just riff. We just have a great time talking. Uh, uh, our human design energies line up beautifully. We just like have so much fun talking and we always feel like when we're talking, um, what we're saying might benefit other folks. So we just want to start bringing that into a forum that can hopefully benefit others and benefit our greater community. Yeah, I mean, we have been talking on the phone for years and we decided what better time when people are feeling really restricted right now due to world events, due to global transformations. What better time to um, actually just take those phone calls into a video format and bring them for y'all to hear. If we can affect one person, that's like a huge success for me, you know, ultimately. Um, and we do have a lot of fun talking to each other. So that's, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I love that. Thank you, Meg, that was really great. Um, and we've been, I also am just remembering in context, like you were doing like personal video recordings of yourself when I met you seven years ago. And as you transitioned, that really became a catharsis for you. And I started to get brought in. So this conversation about like, and then we'd, we'd record ourselves and it'd be like, we got to get this out there. So this is like seven years in the making. This is a seven year gestation. Full cycle. Full cycle. Yeah, and I think it's also interesting, like, you, I think Vice, I think, just set out an article that was like, YouTube is like a really cathartic tool for trans youth. And I remember yeah. that being really true for you and us. Um, seven years ago, it's like resources for um, gender nonconforming trans folks has exploded. Yes. because of the work that was done within those communities to make that happen. And even seven years ago, the resources were really minimal. So 
Yeah, so it feels good to be really returning and integrating back to the structure of creating videos um, because those were resources that truly helped you and me and us as a couple understand what we were going through and understand ourselves. Yes, and I think before we dive into the astrology of, of the nonviolent communication part one that we're going to do, uh, I do two things came up for me. I think it's important to note for viewers that you and I actually met when we were both taking um, what at the time was called women's studies, but really is now considered uh, critical race, gender, and sexuality studies. So it's an intersectional framework. And we met in that program. Um, and we were doing a lot of deep theory work around um, essentially like third and fourth wave feminisms. So we are going to be bringing that in, of course, to everything that we speak about uh, henceforth. And also, I think Megan and I are both really sensitive. We're both Pisces, so we're both really sensitive. Well, we're cusps. We'll, we'll get into the complicatedness of that. But um, we are both really sensitive to uh, our limitations and what we can and cannot speak to. So I cannot speak to uh, an experience of someone who is of color. I, I identify as white. I am perceived as white. You know, so we are aware of, um, you know, socioeconomic backgrounds, racial backgrounds, and these things, and we know what, what our limits are. We are not speaking for everybody, but we are speaking from our experience and with a lot of love, you know. Great. Cool. So um, should I do a little bit about the astrology? Do you have anything else you'd like to say for the intro? Oh, I feel complete. I would love to hear about this astrology going on. Cool. Okay. I love to, for some folks that have been watching the, the, uh, my Instagram, I've been talking about the astrology for, since the entirety of quarantine, actually. I have, I immediately had an intuitive flash and was like, I have to start sharing this information because it's helpful for me. So again, with this, with what Megan and I are doing, this is really more about practical wisdom. We won't spend a lot of time talking about the astrology. It will just be kind of at the forefront and then I will bring it in for the astrology people who are really into that language, I will bring it in in a very watered down, kind of manageable um, sense as we start talking about larger and more expansive uh, issues, especially for us, we're gonna be talking about communication. So the astrology right now, we are, it's May 8th, I believe, May 8th, 2020. Time is, yes, Friday, May 8th, 2020. We are, all of us, in quarantine, uh, restrictions are being loosened, right? So we're experiencing, now we're in another transitional phase among many transitional phases. And I reached out to Megan because she's incredible and we have had a long, she's an incredible communicator, very prescient and very clear. And uh, I feel like I have a lot to learn from her. And I thought, you know, we've known each other for seven years, we've communicated heavily for seven years and we've gone through waves of like loving and hating each other and but still always having having love as the foundation but a lot of feelings in between that and moments when communication was really strong and moments when there was major communication breakdowns so i reached out to megan because i was like we have in my opinion really healed and done a lot of healing around the relationship i think that's a shared opinion between the two of us and right now with the astrology we have a huge Venus retrograde that is happening in three days. Um, it's happening May 11th. Venus goes retrograde in Gemini. And Gemini is the sign. It is the, it is the one sign of the Zodiac 
that is about, it rules the third house of communication. It's ruled by Mercury, which is the communication planet. And so it is going backwards, all right? So Venus is gonna start going backwards through Gemini. And this essentially means, what does Venus rule? Venus is relationships. Gemini is communication. So it's not just Megan and I, there's a whole zeitgeist happening right now where Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication is being brought up in pretty much every uh, astrology and self-help and uh, kind of occult podcast that I've listened to. Um, and so it's in the air, right? And it is the theme of this summer. And so what we're being asked to do on a personal level is really transform the way we communicate with our one-on-one -on -one relationships and our smaller groups. Gemini rules smaller groups or inner circle. Um, and you're asking, oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Why do we care? <laughs> like, why, why are we focusing on our, on our primary relationships when the world is falling apart? We're going to start to weave in different ideas around how chaos in the home ultimately leads to more chaos in the world. So the healing that we can do in our innermost spaces with the people we love can actually transform this world. I fully believe that. Um, and it will help buoy us at a time where we need connection. So that's what we're here to do. We're, we're trying to like create and give practical wisdom for um, communication healing that will ultimately lead to greater bonds with people. And Megan and I have a greater bond than when we first met. And we've gone through all the waves of it. So hopefully we can, through our dialogue, uh, help y'all have some more tools around communicating. As we know that from May to late summer, really till August, and maybe even mid-August, this Venus retrograde will be moving through the sign of that rules communication. Um, and Venus is always trying to heal us. She's a planet that's always trying to heal us. So the work we can do right now, it's, it's very poignant. And that's why we're focusing on nonviolent communication first. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so one thing uh, that came up that it feels really poignant is when you were talking about, you know, if there's this global pandemic that's happening, why are we turning towards intimate um, inter and intrapersonal relationships? And I've been doing research, um, uh, deepening my current research and interest in mycelium and mycelium networks and the idea of emergence and emergent design. And um, Adrian Marie Brown has Emergent Strategy, which is a really brilliant book full of accessible resources. And I highly recommend it at this time if you're looking for, you know, um, inspiration, uh, um, yeah, if you're looking for inspiration and, and if are, you are feeling hopeless, this book is chock full of beautiful research and powerful networks of organizations that have been working a long time and are gonna be continuing to work for um, you know, social justice and a new world. And she really talks about one of her teachings from her teachers and that she's proliferating in this book is, the idea of mycelium and how that can teach us about not uh, inch deep and mile wide um, uh, community uh, and social justice building, but like uh, inch wide, mile deep. And this mm -hmm. idea of 
deep intimate connections you know deep relationship it's all relation it's all relational everything is a relationship it reorients us our, to ourselves it reorients us to the other as ourselves and it reorients ourselves to an aspect of a greater whole which involves the natural world and you know it's a very humble practice to look in an intelligent practice to look at what other things the natural world is doing that are really working within cycles. So I, I think it's just so poignant to bring in mycelium and the work of um, Adrienne Marie, Marie Brown and all of her teachers. So uh, get a hold of that book and start reading it if you need some inspiration. I'll put it in the link below. I'll write down. I'll write down that book for sure. We'll put yeah. anything that's going up. I'll uh, go back and put it in the links below so that you have access to it. To to kind of riff off of that, what's beautiful is that. Um, you have to kind of shift right now. We're being asked to shift our belief systems and our logic as everything is crumbling. And one of a way to shift logic in a way that is really transformative, speaking to the inch, inch wide, mile deep. It seems we've, we've been taught that to be an activist or to be a healer or to be a presence um, of healing force in general, we have to go out into the world and um, assert ourselves in a way that is like proving that we are an activist. Like, I go out and do this community work. Right now, in this moment, the Venus in, in Gemini retrograde and the quarantine and everything else that's happening, we are actually being asked to reverse our logic and see whatever your one-on-one -on -one primary relationships are. If there is chaos there, if there is stickiness there, if there are things that you are afraid to approach, that's the medicine right now. That is what we are being asked to do because that actually will create a rolling effect with every other relationship you have there forth. So if you, can actually, if you can look at the most intimate circle that you have and start to really be present in those relationships and transform them in a way that empowers not only you but the other person, which we'll start to talk about, uh, it will completely transform your external world there forth, right? So moving out of quarantine as we move into different phases of what our new world will look like, you gotta get clear on the inner, in the inner space. Now, first relationship with self, which we'll talk about, and then relationship with the people that are literally feet from you, right? <laughs> we're, in this, we're in these houses with, the, you know, with folks. Um, and even if you're alone during quarantine, whoever your inner circle is, this applies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that, and this um, I think is a good segue. It, it, you know, this is really about um, sovereignty and agency and um, parts of the ways that we engender those and we can um, cultivate sovereignty um, in our lives and agency in our lives is through um, embodiment and through understanding ourselves better and gaining tools around how to nurture and nourish ourselves it's radical self-love um, and radical self-love in and of itself is a um an act of resistance um and because you know capitalistic uh, imperialistic colonial worldview has us really sucking off the teat of the machine and the mechanism uh, through, you know, we need this thing that's outside of us. We're not enough when we compare ourselves to what other people have. And sovereignty and agency through embodiment practices are going to start to help us be aware of how we can resource ourselves through our own actions and communicate our needs. And this is also from like a very, I would say that there's a lot of ableism here because this is like definitely is for a certain, this is 
uh, nonviolent communication has its limitations. It's definitely, I think, for inter and interpersonal relations, just the way that sp space-time physics only happens within, you know, a certain radius around the Earth, and then it's out the window, and there's a whole other metaphysics that's got, that applies. You know, this also has its um, breadth of application. So, um, but the thing is, is that individuals are create create communities and communities are creating social justice change um grassroots you know grassroots style so it is it engenders that idea of sovereignty and agency so um i think that this is a good place to just like transition to like what is nonviolent communication and mm -hmm. as a tool for creating emotional literacy and body awareness for sovereignty and agency and um do you want to say, do you want to talk about nonviolent communication? Yes, just to, a little bit to piggyback off that last statement before we jump in. We will constantly, in this um, series that we're doing, we will constantly be bringing it back into the body. Because for both of us, we know that embodiment, as much as I love to talk about the stars, which are literally, you know, all the way up in the sky, embodiment is where you actually gain. When Megan says uh, sovereignty, it's really about when you feel provoked and uncomfortable instead of reaching outward projecting onto another or trying to reach to consume something you actually take a moment and you pause and you pause into your body so we'll continually be talking about pausing into your body because even that even that if you take one thing from this tv you know web series pausing into the body will transform the way that you interact with other people and it is really a body check so, you know, that's, that's something that I think it's important to mention. We will just constantly be talking about embodiment. Yeah. All right. I'm, we'll kind of both talk about nonviolent communication, but I will go, I'll just explain the history a little bit. Yeah. Um, Marshall, and we'll leave a link. I'll actually leave a link to Marshall Rosenberg, uh, just so you can, if you are curious, you can see him speaking and you can kind of see the uh, emergence of this idea. Um, Marshall Rosenberg, founded nonviolent communication that's what it's called and uh, also goes by nvc online he's an american psychologist mediator author and teacher uh he died in 2015 he was born in the 30s so you can kind of start to understand where he's coming from and when when he came of age it's a very different time than most of us watching um he's also a white man so he has uh, and he's an able-bodied and um, you know charismatic white man. So he has a very specific position in which he's coming from this uh, style and where he how he developed it. Um, and uh, he often is you know name dropped, and then people move on. And what we're going to talk about today is we're going to actually apply a, a contemporary critique on it and and complicate it so that it feels more accessible ultimately for everybody watching. Um, and Meg, would you, do you feel comfortable talking a little bit about the, the way that we are critiquing it, the way we are um, going to expand upon nonviolent communication? Yeah, definitely. Um, and so um, what, we're, what I did is immediately was like, you know, Marshall Rosenberg is a cis white man making, creating things, systems in the 60s. So probably it's outdated. Probably it doesn't have um, a, con a contemporary intersectional 
you know, social justice lens. Um, so I have this really great book. It is called Decolonizing Nonviolent Communication. I picked it up at Skylight Books in Los Angeles. Um, it's by a person named Minachi. And I believe Minachi is based in Oakland, California. And this book was a really a great uh, place that started, you know, it was a good critique. What was ha what's happening with the nonviolent communication, Marshall Rosenberg style, is that there isn't uh, the same embodied um, decolonized social justice lens. So it's like, it's assuming a lot um, and not integrating um, how powers and systems of, systems of power and oppression affect um, our, our differing identities. And so what happens within the um, intersectional lens is that we bring in its somatic-based and its uh, transformative justice-based, and it is also trauma-informed. Um, so it, it goes back to um, looking at what our body, befriending our body, um, getting a good understanding of what the nervous system is and what it's doing, how it's, how that reaction of the nervous system is creating sensations and feelings in our body, being able to name what the feeling is, what the, what the feeling is, what the emotion is, I'm angry, I'm sad, I'm frustrated, I'm irritated, being able to locate where that feeling is presenting in the body. Oh, I'm feeling that in tightening in the back of my neck. I'm feeling a congestion, I'm feeling contraction in my heart. So being able to associate with our bodies and not only the feeling, but the texture, the uh, sensation, like being able to name it. This builds emotional um, literacy and also helps with disassociation because we start to come back into the body. If your body's always feeling awful because you're, you know, you're in a PTSD, um, stuck PTSD response, it makes a lot of sense that you're not going to want to be in your body. Um, and also that's a neuro neurological nervous system response that you don't even have cognitive control over. Um, and then also it incorporates um, language that's going to be more inclusive of Black, Indigenous, people of color, LGBTQI folks. Um, and it's, it's focused on being able to bring the language into these communities um, with more awareness and less violence. Um, and I would say that the issue, what, kind of rolling back a little bit, the issue with Marshall Rosenberg's nonviolent communication, um, everything Meg said was absolutely, yes, uh, correct. And also, he essentially, he would, he flat, his, his version of it is very flat because he's assuming that everybody, he's essentially assuming that everybody's a cis white man. And this is not, there's no, there's no critique on him as a person. It's just that was partially the sign of the times. Um, and again, it is a very dated system. And what, just to give an example, to kind of um, add, add on to what Megan was saying, he's a base, he's essentially flattening people's experiences so that he assumes that the way that two people can communicate that um, a cis white able-bodied, let's just say a cis white able-bodied man will be able to have a, a non-violent co communication conversation with let's say a sexual assault survivor who is half indigenous. Um, Marshall's, Marshall's, the way that he created the system was that these two individuals should be able to communicate at the same level and should be able to show up and that's it. 
and they should be able to follow the system and it's, it's going to work. However, these two folks are having massively different life experiences, um, having massively different daily experiences. And one person's, what Megan's talking about with embodiment, one person's um, not to, who knows the history of this full person here. However, there are neurological realities happening here and systemic realities happening here, which is what we'll talk about. We're talking about systems of power and control that does not, this does not become equitable all of a sudden. Um, this person might not feel like they have enough agency, whereas this person has been taught that they have all the agency to communicate. So um, that's kind of what we're going to try to bring in and have a sens sensitivity towards um, as we continue to talk about nonviolent communication. It's a little add-on there. Yeah, definitely. It's good. Yeah, it's, we, it's, if we can't assume that everybody's coming from the same position um, within society and, and it's and it's really to the responsibility of people that are holding the position of privilege, white, cis, heterosexual, well, upper middle class, um, nationality, um, uh, you know, status, to understand their position in relationship to other people and learn how to communicate in a way that is nonviolent, that is taking responsibility for their position of whiteness and a white supremacist um, reality, for taking a responsibility for their position of heterosexuality in a homophobic society, and that they're not, you know, they have to be aware of, of that um, and responsible and um, learning how to listen to what the people, what, uh, what people um, are saying from their own position as well. Yeah. Um, there, I think something that's, I think this is something that is important to bring up right now that we will, we can talk about more at another time, but just that um, there, it, there are, um, like three basic tenets of the nonviolent communication. It's that humans have universal human needs mm -hmm. and those needs are based on, you know, shelter, food, and um, uh, um, water. So not resources, natural resources and safety, but it's also uh, universal human needs for connection. And this is very true that uh, research ha um, indi has indicated, you know, we do not, we need touch. Um, we are already in America, generally a touch deprived nation and uh, babies when not given touch are not, do not thrive or survive. Um, and so human beings need uh, touch and they need connection and connection is sometimes physical and sometimes it's intellectual and verbal and we need those types of things in order to thrive so there's universal human needs and then there are feelings we all have feelings and our feelings and our needs are are different though they are related and then um, within the feeling complex we have you know the feelings and then we also have the physical we have the emotions that have like sadness anger happiness and then we also have the associated somatic physiological response to that and then we have our strategies how do we go about getting our basic needs met strategies yeah, strategies and in nonviolent communication the idea is that we're all all of our needs are in relationship to each other because they are universal basic human needs you know be might not be the same needs in the moment but when we can get back to a place of communicating really clearly about our needs without judgment 
through using um, observational language, we're going to be able to collaborate and get into play about how we can meet each other's needs through self-compassion and compassion for the other. Um, and that what doesn't work are strategies. When we have strategies that don't work up, work out, we, you know, they bump up against each other and then we start making a bunch of assumptions about what the other person is feeling and thinking. And um, our strategies are usually like passive aggressive or aggressive. Um, and it's really good to start understanding that it's our strategies and not our needs that are in conflict. So. And I think to, to give a wide, view on nonviolent communication and look out look out from a, a helicopter view or from a sky view we th there is a universality here that you just spoke to the universality the flattening is actually the fact that all of no matter what your position in society all of us have basic human needs right so that's the universality of nonviolent communication is that we all experience a wide breadth of emotions we all have needs and then megan and i are coming in and complicating that saying yes absolutely Everybody has feelings. Everybody gets their feelings hurt. Um, everybody is navigating their embodiment in every moment. And also the positions of the societal positions that we put on top of that make it that everybody else right now is quite unique in their own experiences and then the way that they are societally cast out um, and the way that we have organized society thus far, which is, interestingly enough, is, is we are watching it transform greatly right now. So, yeah. Let's just bring, and for me, it's like, well, one thing is that we're speaking to that, but it's also, they're not necessarily our ideas. Um, oh. We're, you know, we're, we're amplifying um, ideas that have been created by others and are being also perpetuated by other folks, and we're providing those resources for you as well. We stand on the shoulder of our ancestors and other folks that are doing, you know, a great deal of work. Um, and then I forgot what the other thing I was going to say. <laughs> That's all right. I, we are kind of coming up on our time. So I just yeah. want to, um, I think that we can kind of maybe talk a little bit about um, self-talk maybe, but we can go in next time to what's actually happening in the, in the, the neurobiological system. Yeah. Um, because, and, and I think this, this video is more of a, this is an introduction and then we will have a, a several part series around nonviolent communication because it's the whole summer. This is the whole theme of the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, so maybe we could tie it. I, I would love to be able to offer a practical, um, a practical tool right now for folks just as the beginning video that they could take away. Um, and I feel like you you know, we can maybe talk just about a practical tool around embodiment, potentially. Yeah. Great, yeah. So I think that um, what we were hoping to do is to focus on a, a two different distinct elements of nonviolent communication. One is intra, the conversations and the communications we have with ourself, small self S and big self S, um, and then also how to navigate rela uh, relational um, uh, communication with other folks. Um, and I think that, again, this goes back to body sovereignty and emotional um, uh, literacy. And, uh, you know, you, it's really important that when we're doing nonviolent communication work that we really are, in some sense, starting with ourselves. You really have to befriend your body. You have to befriend your nervous system. 
you have to understand that your nervous system is a precognitive response system that is evolutionarily put in place in order to keep you alive. Yes. So whatever you do in a moment where you're triggered or act activated um, was exactly what your body needed to do to keep you alive. And um, that's really, really important when we come to, you know, people that are uh, trauma survivors, um, sometimes they go into collapse or fight or flight or collapse. And it's like they judge themselves for not doing anything. But the truth, the truth is, is they did do something. They did what they, their nervous system told them to do in that moment in order to keep them alive. So um, we will definitely talk more about the nervous system and the polyvagal uh, nerve, uh, the polyvagal theory in the future. So stay tuned, come on back for that. I love it. I think it's an absolutely essential aspect of you know, what we're doing right now and re-understanding and reorienting to being three-dimensional, multi-dimensional beings. It's empowering, um, empowering to understand how the body works. It's very empowering you can release the blame that your mind your mind wants to put blame on what you're doing the fight or flight or freeze mm -hmm. you start to understand and gain knowledge about how the body's working pre-cognition pre-thought there is so much empowerment there there's so much peace that is available there yeah. Peace. yeah and what is great is that the you know the nervous system creates patterns of response based in childhood but it can also reformulate and reshape patterns of response by ongoing behavior. And part of, and the way that we create those behaviors is through awareness. And so an awareness practice that um, I have found really helpful and that I implement in my coaching is, um, it's a writing exercise and it goes like this. You ask yourself, you and what it is, is it's really orienting yourself to start seeing when you're activated. When you're activated in a fight or flight or freeze response and start orienting yourself to what's happening in your body and in your environment for when that happens. So you, there's a series of questions. And the first question is, what happened to activate me or trigger my response? What happened? What was the situation? It was a fight with my partner. It was the stress due to running late. You know, what was there, you know? Um, the other, and then the next thing that you want to do is locate like your initial response. Like, what did you do immediately to respond to that? Did you say something? Did you do something? Um, or did you, you know, did you go into collapse? So just orienting yourself to like, what was my immediate response to that? And then you want to ask yourself, you want to orient yourself to, so you say, I'm forgetting. Um, what triggered me? What was my initial response? And then you ask, what was, what's the correlating thought? So if you look deep enough, there's also usually a correlating thought that goes along with the behavior that's like, I'm, um, you know, I'm a piece of shit. I'm never worthy. I am a burden. I always do everything wrong. Um, and, and we want to just see where you're doing that. Where's the thought? Where's the correlating thought? And then you want to say, you have to ask yourself, is that true? Uh -huh. Is that thought true? And then you want to take that thought and you want to turn it on its head and you want to make it an affirmation which looks like 
I am worthy of receiving love. It depends. It's a correlate. So if it's, um, if it's this, I'm not, you know, I am not lovable, then it's, I am deserving of love. Um, if it's like my needs are important or um, other people, I, I really got to get other, everybody else's needs met first. It, you, the thought, the affirmation is my needs are important and my needs need to be filled. Um, and then you do a self help. You do a self regulating exercise after that. So after you've recognized what triggered me, what was my initial reaction? Where was I? Was I in fight, flight, or response? What did I say? What was the correlating thought? What is the affirmation? What is how, if I turn that, you know, a negative thought pattern within me, the awful thing I'm telling myself that I would, you know, never tell my best friend or a child or my grandmother or, you know, your favorite pet. It's like a way you would never talk to anybody else. But for some reason, we really put up with um, talking to ourselves in this horrific way. And then we create something else. Like, I'm a, I'm a badass. I'm totally capable. I am, um, I, when I make mistakes, it gives me an opportunity to learn. I'm grateful for the people in my life that support me as I'm learning through life. You know, you create something, a different, a different story. You start to restore it. And then you give yourself something really positive to do for yourself. And you know what that is. And it's something that I do in my coaching work is I help people re realize that they know what that is. And I also implement new t tools and strategies if they need new ones. But you know what it is that does make you feel good. It's a walk, it's drawing, it's, um, it's uh, taking a bath, it's going and punching it out on the punching bags, it's going for a run. Um, sometimes what you need to do for self-care is physical. Sometimes what you have to do is more relaxing, um, but you we need to orient to something, dancing, listening to your favorite song. Dancing is a really good one because it's very somatic. You put your favorite song on, you're activating the auditory um, aspect of yourself, and then you're dancing and moving your body. Body is, uh, dancing is sacred. It is a um, ancestral sacred prayer that has been with us as humans since the beginning of time, and it does help to like jiggle out and shift things in your nervous system. System. And so it helps you get up to um, a higher level within your nervous system that's ready to connect. And we'll talk more about what those aspects of the nervous system are next time. But just for now, you can start you know, doing that work. And the thing is, is nobody's going to be able to do that work for you. That's another part of the sovereignty is you make a commitment to yourself to do that practice one time over the next week and maybe again next, the week after, but nobody else can do that work for you. That's sovereignty and agency as well is that you take responsibility for those things and you start doing that work. But we also need a network of support. We need somebody we can rely on that is going to keep us accountable. That's sometimes what a coach is for and a therapist is for. But we also need friends and family members. We need uh, aspects of the natural world to be in relationship. It takes a whole network of support to help shift what we're going through. It's not going to just be that one thing, but that is one thing in, uh, in a larger system uh, that can help. Um, help us start to orient to what the body is doing and how we're responding. Yes. And, and um, in Kabbalah, they call it self-auditing. So it's really about pausing, you know, getting, having an activation, having a moment where you have a contention with another person or with yourself. Maybe you do something and you frustrate yourself. You drop something and it breaks and you're like, the, the thought, it's almost, it's precognitive because you're responding. Your body's already like having a fear as you watch the thing drop and break. 
And then the thought that comes in post cognition or the cognition rather is, oh, I'm such a whatever. I can't believe I did this. It's because et cetera, et cetera. I always do this, you know, I'm always, oh, oh, I always do this. You know, the only thing you're always ever doing is like changing, transforming and breathing. Those are the only things you're always, always, always doing. Otherwise you're, you know, shifting in and out of behaviors that are, um, you know, helpful strategies or non-helpful strategies. It's not, yeah. And in the, the so as we um, wrap up this episode to bring the astrology back in for a moment, Gemini, Geminis innately understand, uh, and anyone who has heavy Gemini placement innately understand that words are spells and thoughts are spells. And what I mean by that is that you actually, what, what Megan is saying is that the thoughts that, the reason it's so important to self audit is the thoughts that we are having about ourselves reinforce, if you don't believe in astrology, they reinforce neurological pathways in your brain. And also, in my understanding, there are spells that can go out into the universe and consistently affect the environment around you and yourself. So there's agency, body sovereignty, and even thought sovereignty. Having a good reign on your thoughts is understanding that you can take the bad spell, the, the negative thought, and you can actually transform it into a good spell. You can transform that that same thing which burdens you can actually be transformed into a positive spell that goes out into the universe. It not only affects your immune system and, and raises your immune system, it literally affects every single relationship you have with everybody in your inner and larger circles. This is why this work is so important. Yeah, and so what's, and what is happening is the, and part of why we're saying, I'm directing you to, understand what the thought is in relationship to the physiological pattern is because that thought is um, supporting that physiological pattern. That thought is supporting that neural network. Mm -hmm. And, and that neural network work is what's creating the physiological response of tightening up, closing down, uh, defending yourself with words because you will feel unsafe and you need to protect yourself. And that's your nervous system kicking in to keep you alive. So just as much as those thoughts correlate with and support a neural network that create distress in the body, we have the capacity to grab a hold of that thought form, recognize its duality, its correlate, and through exercising, putting that thought in there in place of, we're creating a, neural, a new neural network. And that new neural network is creating a new physiological response. And then it also will, with, with, um, will also create new behaviors through increased self-esteem, self-concept, um, self-capacity. And so you will start creating new patterns in, in your life. And when you start creating new patterns in your life, you create a whole new world for yourself. Exactly. So it's, you know, it's very, it's very, it's oh. spiritual. And it's also, we, you know, spirit isn't divorced from any aspect of the body. So of course it's also, you know, physiological, biological, 3D, but it's also multidimensional. All the levels. All okay. the levels. We're coming up on time. Uh, both of us are available uh, to be reached. You know, you can reach us through a direct message on Instagram, Instagram Live. Uh, we also have our websites linked there. Uh, I believe, Megan, you have a link tree that allows people to access? Yep, I have a link tree that will link you up to um, my mentorship program that I'm gonna be launching in 
uh, June, which is a four-month program, and it'll also link you up to uh, linking up with me just for some one-on-one -on -one sessions as well. And I do one-on-one -on -one sessions. They are mostly astrology-based. And uh, in fact, they are, I, I generally begin with the astrology chart, and then I work in life coaching and um, any kind of relationship and communication coaching as best as I can. Uh, you can direct message me for my you know, sliding scale rates and my availability. I love talking to everybody. Thank you for everyone who has gotten a reading. Uh, and this is just part one. So again, we are gonna continue to talk about this. This is all summer long. And we can really, we're gonna go into some rabbit holes and it's gonna be great. And again, always coming back to embodiment and practical wisdom, practical things that we can do this summer in, in such an incredible, immense time of change. Yeah. Yes, yeah, thank you um, for the folks that have you know stayed tuned to tune into this. This is a beginning of a really grand venture for Marvel and I, we're really excited to be doing this. And we are, um, we're we're open to questions so yeah. also um please once you've listened to this if there's something that you just want to hear a little bit more about if you want some clarification um with what in the context of what we talked about or something that we've talked about has inspired inside you please uh contact us through our uh dms and our instagram accounts so that we can uh, apply those questions in our right. research and conversations in the future because we already do this and we love to do this. And the reason that we're making it accessible is because we also, we want to be doing this for you. And yeah. so help us to know what is for you by, uh, by, by asking us questions and uh, creating a larger conversation. Yes. Thank you. I almost forgot that. So you came in with the clutch there. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. We want to hear from you. Even if it's a comment, we want to hear from you. Yeah, uh, absolutely. So thank you. We're so excited to continue to do this and uh, we hope that you join us for the ride. This is an awesome wave.